Welcome back to another episode of the Only Film Fans podcast. My name is Trace and I'm with the YouTube channel Pierce Productions. I'm one of three hosts. You may recognize him as the director of Django, Jared from Jared Talk Cinema, and our other host was Pixar's second choice for the voice of Woody. We have Brad from Let's Be Real with Brad. We are joined here today by our very first guest on the Only Film Fans podcast, Anthony from Anthony Gaming. What's going on? Did you guys like that intro? Oh, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I think Brad would be a better Woody than Tom Hanks, personally. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. This is uh, Brad from Let's Be Real Brad. I cover movies, TV shows, do some rankings, do other fun movie content on YouTube. Mr. Jared? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Uh, my name is Jared. My YouTube channel is Jared Talk Cinema. Right now, I'm mostly focusing on new releases. And, of course, we have this podcast every week that I love doing. Just as much, if not more, than my own channel. Yeah, speaking of the podcast, um, it is available on all podcast platforms. It comes out every Sunday at 9 a.m. And for the video version, if you want to look at our faces and put a face to the name, you can check us out on YouTube under the same name, Only Film Fans Podcast. And today, as I mentioned before, we have a special guest. He is the first guest on the Only Film Fans Podcast, Anthony. What's going on? My YouTube is Anthony's Gaming, which is now also Anthony's Gaming Movies because they're a lot easier to do videos for it for the most part, but it's 95% gaming and a little bit of movies as well. Awesome. Well, Brad, why don't you run down how the episode's going to come out today? All right. So basically the rundown of this episode is we're going to be talking about the DCEU today because the Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, had just been released uh, this past week. So we want to talk about it. We'll probably talk about some spoilers, give our thoughts on the DCEU, and then we'll probably get into our movie recommendation from Trace that he will be able to talk about. And I don't know if everyone has seen it. And that's how our episode's going to go. Do I need to put a hit on Brad? Because I'm pretty sure I'm doing the, uh, the pick this week, Bradley. Oh, I, I think he meant like a recap to see if everyone watched my pick from last week. I didn't. I'll just say that right now. I didn't get a chance. I, I did watch yeah. it because it's on HBO Max. I, <laughs> I have a lot to say about it, so I can't right. wait we'll, to talk about we'll it. Save that for, we'll save that for the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as Bradley said... We are going to talk about the DCEU in general and the Suicide Squad. We all voted that we're going to save the Suicide Squad spoiler talk for the second half of the episode. So the first half, we're all just going to talk about the DCEU in general and what we think about it. Right. So let's let our guest, Anthony, I want him to go first because in the video portion, I can see a Batman v Superman poster. So (laughs) I'm really curious to see what your thought is on the DCEU. Okay, so... I'm going to start with saying that I watched Man of Steel for the very first time about three months ago. And I was actually shocked how much I liked it. And so basically I went through the entire MCE universe just getting ready for Justice League because I thought there would have been more movies and there apparently was not. Uh, Man of Steel is, it has some problems, but it is one of the few Superman movies I've seen and I thought it was actually really well done. And Going from there to Batman vs Superman, which I do have a poster of, I really liked that movie when it first came out, and then I found out after watching it again, I went like, you know what? It's the fact that the two cities are like right next to each other. Eventually, I was kind of like, you know, this is too much. And then the way the way that's the way that movie just kind of went on had some blanks that wasn't filled, and then they released the Ultimate Edition, a lot better, and I really like Ben Affleck as Batman. He is. I don't know if he's as good for me as um, Christian Bale, but I thought he was really good for it. And then the Justice League, when it first came out, I I thought it was actually fine. But watching it again, I eventually went like, you know what, this movie is almost hot garbage. And then the Jack Snyder edition came out and quickly became like my second favorite DCU movie outside of Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises for me is a little bit higher up there. But I wish they kept going. And then there's the, the original Suicide Squad, which, no. <laughs> that, no. I, I rewatched it um, today and part of yesterday, and no. So what about you? 
Um, yeah, so I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I've been, I grew up with the DCU. I'm guessing like all of us have. Um, I really like, I say like, I feel like now I like more of the movies. I'm a big Aquaman fan. I don't love it. I don't think this is an amazing movie, but like, I am one of those people that I'm like, you know what? Aquaman is just so enjoyable. I was one of those people that when I reviewed One Woman 1984, that like, oh yeah, I like this. This is better than the first one. And I ended up really not liking the first one after I rewatched it. But then when I was kind of hearing a lot of the reviews for it and then hearing a lot of people's deep dives on it, I was like, oh, man, so I got to rewatch it again. And then I rewatched Wonder Woman 1984 and I really didn't like it as much. And I found it to be very boring. And then we got something like Shazam, which I think is one of the most underrated and underappreciated comic book movies of all time, especially if you've seen the movie Big, which is a very heavy inspiration for it. And I really love that movie. So I'll probably talk a lot about it. I want to just quickly go back in real quick. Um, you didn't like the first Wonder Woman movie? So when I rewatched it, well, when I watched it for the first time, I loved it like everybody else did. Okay. When I watched it the second time, I didn't love it as much. But I've actually retroactively changed my opinion on it because I felt like I was being way too damn harsh. But also, if... Some of these guys know here that I used to be very, very harsh. And I think about February or March, I actually retroactively changed a lot of my ratings, like in my letterbox, because I've been very harsh on movies. And Wonder Woman, I felt like definitely should be higher. A lot of my complaints were, I don't know, very nitpicky, I feel like. And I felt like it ruined my enjoyment of the movie. Okay, that's fair. Because like that movie was like up there for like, one of my favorite action movies and just the way like basically empowered wonder woman and then when i watched wonder woman 84 i thought they basically ruined her character in a way to where i just thought that movie like after the first time i didn't need to watch it again i just that movie was not worth it so jared what would you think of the dcu because uh i know you have some very hot takes here we'll see yeah um so honestly, I've never really been a DC fan in general. Even as a kid, I was always on the Marvel train. Like DC characters, with the exception of Batman, never really interested me because I always felt they were too powerful. I didn't feel the characters were as developed. And then the DCEU as a whole, I feel honestly isn't really that great. Like because the first one was Man of Steel, which came out a year after the Avengers, and I felt that they were too. They were trying to copy the Avengers' success way too much instead of making a good movie. And I feel really kind of suffered because of it. And I haven't seen Shazam and Aquaman yet. I've heard those two are pretty good. But I've seen pretty much all the other ones. Most of them I really don't think are that good. Especially the first Suicide Squad, which I think is one of the worst summer blockbuster movies of all time. That is a travesty. And the fact that that movie has an Academy Award, when most superhero movies don't, honestly, blows my mind. Uh, some of them are good, though. Like I do like Birds of Prey. Like Before the Suicide Squad came out, Birds of Prey was easily my favorite. And honestly, like, because, like, Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad being R-rated, I think it would be great if they just stuck to R-rated movies from here on out because those two were easily the best and the two ones that were R-rated. So I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be really cool if that's what happens. But, yeah, for the most part, I'm not really a fan of the franchise. Birds of Prey is extremely underrated, and the fact that they changed the name, like, after it came out, basically kind of ruined it for people going to go see it. And that movie more people need to see that movie it was really good yeah so <clears throat> birds of prey definitely i believe is underrated i really like birds of prey more than most people and obviously it seems like i'm in the right zoom meeting because you guys seem to <laughs> agree with that but i acknowledge that there's a lot of people that didn't like that movie and one nitpick I will give is it was more of a harley quinn movie than it was birds of prey so i kind of wish they would have just called it harley quinn but i also i mentioned this in my um suicide squad uh spoiler video i kind of have like a soft spot for harley quinn and you know for margot robbie and stuff so maybe i enjoyed it more because of that because i mean she's not bad to look at but <laughs> yeah uh Def birds of prey is not my favorite movie out of the dcu i'm more like jared where even growing up i wasn't really ever leaning towards DC I was always leaning towards Marvel I was always you know uh, going towards Spider-Man and the Hulk and the X-Men and stuff like that 
even as a kid, you know, with like costumes or coloring books, like stuff like that. I always picked Marvel over DC. I just really wasn't into Superman. The only DC movies that as a child I enjoyed and I couldn't even enjoy them as a child. I had to wait because they're kind of dark with the Tim Burton Batman movies. That's not something a six-year-old really watches, you know? And if they do, good on them. But <laughs> definitely uh, like Batman Returns, like stuff like, like that's a dark movie for like a little kid. So I didn't really get into the DC until Christopher Nolan came around because Superman, I was never really a big fan of. So Superman Returns, uh, that was directed by Brian Singer. I kind of just skipped that one, glossed over it. Don't eat, I maybe watched it once in my whole life. Don't remember being like a lot of action or anything in it. But as a DCU in general, my favorite by far has to be Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, HBO definitely, they missed their mark with, or not HBO, or Warner Brothers really missed their mark with Justice League. And HBO Max was, I think, their way of like making it up and saying, yeah, you know what? This one's on us. We have mud on our face. We messed up. Zach, go ahead and finish your movie. It was really unfortunate how that all that happened and like hearing about the background side of, uh, was it Josh Whedon and all that stuff that came out after the fact. Basically, I'm glad they were able to go back and make it the correct way. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I really enjoyed the Snyder Cut a lot. It's, I watched that movie four hours straight through because I'm just a powerhouse. I, I, it's just how I have to watch all my movies without any breaks. And I really enjoy that movie a lot. I really do appreciate that Warner Brothers was able to do that for Zack Snyder, even though I'm not the massive fan of Zack Snyder and some of his movies. But I have to say that I do respect that he was able to give it the chance to do it. And he definitely proved himself. And I thought it was the better of his, like, you know, three movie DCU movies. It was like the way he they broke everything like the chunks in and everything he was really smartly made and i feel like by going on hbo max they earned that four hour runtime well before the snyder cut even came out if i had to pick a favorite it probably would have been batman versus superman and i enjoyed the theatrical cut but the ultimate edition is the one that um if i want to rewatch the movie i go towards that one and i just knock out the three hours because that one there's a lot more stuff included so yeah I, I man of steel i know that was like their jumping off point but for me it wasn't a jumping off point i it's not a terrible movie i just it wasn't the one that sucked me in to the dc universe it was batman versus superman yeah also by comparing like man of steel versus the all the movies in the marvel timeline like they had all these to go off of and then it man of steel like it definitely falls compared to those but for the first Superman movie in a long time, that was, I thought, for me, it was still pretty good. Jared, you said uh, Birds of Prey was your favorite. Now, what were your feelings on, like, Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman? They just didn't hook you in, or did you see them, or no? Um, Man of Steel was okay. I haven't watched it, like, in a really long time, so I had to give it another shot. Um, yeah, Batman vs. Superman, I did not like. Like, that, I feel, kind of represented what the DCEU was trying to be with, like, the whole Avengers thing, but not being patient with it, which is why I feel it didn't really turn out that well. And the writing in that movie really is not that good. Okay, like, the whole why'd you say that name thing is, like, this, that is, like, one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in a movie. I'm sorry. Okay, so, yeah, I don't think it's that great a movie. I haven't seen the Ultimate Cut, so maybe that's better, but the theatrical, theatrical cut I definitely was not impressed with. Even after that ultimate edition, that line will that line will probably go down in infamy forever. <laughs> what about like Ben Aff Ben Affleck as Batman? What are your thoughts on him? You said you didn't like the dialogue, but what about him playing the Cape Crusader? Honestly, I don't like Ben Affleck as an actor. Uh, I'm probably putting a target on my head right now. I don't think he's that great an actor. He's a good director. But I don't think he's that strong an actor, so I was I didn't think he was that good as Batman. He no. plays Especially, a rich guy very well. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. playing himself. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I I I love him as Batman. Uh, it I'm actually upset that he's only going to be Batman one more time with the Flash. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on Ben Affleck as Batman? I think he's fine. I actually like Ben Affleck as an actor. 
I'm actually a Ben Affleck fan. I don't know if it's just because we're we're both in Massachusetts and he loves Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know what it is, but I don't know. I thought he was good as Batman. I think most of the incarnations of Batman are pretty good. Um, but like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, I'm not really big fans of. I actually rewatched both of those movies before the Snyder Cut, and I really didn't like them all that much. I think Man of Steel was a little bit better than I remembered. But I still gave that movie a five. I think I had a lot of issues, um, especially especially with like the visual effects and some of the action scenes with some people that really like. And then Batman v Superman, I did watch the Ultimate Edition for the very first time and I didn't really care for it. I feel like it was a little bit unnecessary. It cleared some things up and then it added more writing problems to it, if that makes any sense. And it was supposed to be rated R and I didn't really feel like it was rated R. But I know it has its fans, but I really feel like what really hooked me in was the first Wonder Woman. Then I didn't like it. Then I liked it again. And Aquaman, just knowing like, okay, we're going to have some fun. We're just going to be pretty crazy. And I really like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. So He's just a pretty good actor in general. Like after he started coming out, he's, he's pretty good. I don't really like, I don't really enjoy Aquaman all that much. But Jason Momoa as Aquaman, I do like. I like his vibe and his just kind of like bro-iness that he brings to Aquaman. And he just seems like a normal dude, you know, and um, I like that. Yeah, I like Jason Momoa. I do have two. I mean, I'm going to make it like one of them's all right, but one of them's kind of weird. So I got two questions whenever you guys want to move on from Jason Momoa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) so i'll give you the normal one and then i'll give you the weird one jared why don't you go first for the normal one if you could be any superhero in the dcu who would you be well batman because he's rich obviously that's it just because he's rich (laughs) i mean aquaman was living in this really shitty looking town dude it looked like his life was not that great so yeah i'm batman because he's rich yes okay all right, so um, I don't know enough MC, like just uh, DC characters in general. So it would, it would be Batman. I don't, I think Superman is my least favorite superhero. So I, and granted, that's the easiest powers to get. But for me, no, it's, it's, it's Batman or maybe the Flash. But I feel like running out of your clothes just by running really fast kind of sucks. No one would see you, though. You got to get home, though. <laughs> so, go right to your room. <laughs> um, for who I would pick, I pick Weasel. I, you know what? <laughs> I, I am in love with the Weasel character. I think he is so funny, and I was actually a side note. I was actually reading a little bit of a like um, behind the scenes of how they wrote the character, and James Gunn basically said that Weasel is just this insane, like animal-like creature that I think it was in quotes has just no idea what's going on in the rest of the world. Like he doesn't understand what's happening and he's just kind of living his life doing his like I would be weasel. But if if we're not joking, I think I would definitely pick um, I'd pick Superman. I don't know. I I'm always been a big Superman fan. I don't know if it's that leadership quality and he's the leader of the justice league and he's going off and fighting Zod and shit, but I don't know. I really do like Superman, but I get the criticisms. <laughs> yeah. I would so pick... know Brad the serial killer. <laughs> What's that? Yes, we know Brad the serial killer. Yeah, because he... the yeah, the weasel killed, killed 27 children. children. Okay. Yeah. Like he's well. I really like Weasel. I I really like Weasel. All right, we we'll we'll get into the Weasel more later on when we talk uh specifically the Suicide Squad. I would have to agree with Anthony and Jared about Batman. Batman is just, he's the coolest. He's Batman. You know, anything short of like, he's Batman. <laughs> anything short of Jesus, like Batman trumps all. He's, he's Batman. He, he beat up Superman. Like, come on. And then you get to walk around, you get to go around at night just going, I'm Batman and beat up people. Exactly. <laughs> uh, apparently Superman gets hurt a lot because they said in Suicide Squad that what's his face? Bloodshot. Bloodshot yeah. shot him with a Kryptonian bullet. <laughs> Yeah. And Batman was about to stab him with it. That's a, that's a hell of a weakness. I'm sorry. Like, goddamn, Brad, <laughs> like, setting yourself up there, my guy, because he can be defeated really easily, apparently. 
All right. Uh, the next question I have for you guys, and this is, you know, I thought of this what, three minutes ago, but I thought it was pretty cool. Maybe it might get weird. I don't know. Well, your answers will make it weird. Brad, you have a girlfriend. I don't want to get you in trouble, but I think you'll be okay because it's hypothetical. If you could go on a date with any superhero or supervillain from the DCEU, who would you pick? Anthony, go. Harley Quinn. You did it's, not have to think about that very long. No, because granted, I just watched both Suicide Squad movies back to back, and the whole time I'm going like, you know what? Yeah, Harley Quinn, plus also Margaret Robbie actually did that thing with the key. So, I mean, you know what? Yeah, Harley, Harley Quinn, all the way. She's flexible. Yeah, we get yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, are you pleading you know, or no? His heart's pounding out of his chest. Nah, like, see, I, hope she, see, I hope she doesn't hear this in the other room. <laughs> well, see, so here's the thing. You only said date. So I'm going to work around that. Gotcha. And I'm actually going to go, I'm going to go with Lex Luthor on this one. I want to be around this crazy maniac. <laughs> well, cause like, okay, if we go on the date, right, this guy's just going to be telling me all about his plans. You go, okay. I want him to feed me one of those, what are those things that he like fed the guy in the movie? The candy? Oh yeah, he just walked oh, up and like, the Jolly there you Ranchers. Go. I want I want him to do that to me. And I would just laugh. I think I would just laugh being around him because he's like, hey, do you want to go bowling? I think it'd be really fun if we went bowling together, huh? Don't probably pay for everything too, because he's rich. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I feel like it'd be a fun date. I don't know. <laughs> you, 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 would, you would pick him over Joker? Joker would probably try yeah. and kill him. Tattoo damage on his forehead. <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a good story to tell. Forever. <laughs> Jared, what about you? Super um, hero or super villain? My initial thought was Harley Quinn, but then I thought about it for a second and I realized that she might literally kill me, like we saw in the Suicide Squad. So that's definitely a big no for me. So, uh, plus, he's also extremely mentally unstable. So, that would be a really, really bad relationship. So, I'm going to say Wonder Woman because she is not mentally unstable. And she's pretty awesome too. She's a nice person. She's Gal Gadot, of course, is also extremely attractive. So, yeah, I'm gonna say Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um. My like my basic thought would be Harley Quinn, but you know if if it's not gonna be Harley Quinn because that's like I don't know that would be like my first thing. But you know Wonder Woman's a good choice. I would usually pick Wonder Woman, but I've seen the Suicide Squad three times since it came out. And just realize now who i think i know you're gonna pick i don't know it's something about her accent i hate rats but rat catcher 2 is <laughs> there's something about like that grunge look that is like kind of attractive for some reason and uh, you know i i you know i i think that the rats may have to stay behind maybe sebastian can come but <laughs> i don't know. in the background yeah. yeah he can wave like maybe offer me a leaf but i don't know man she was just kind of sexy like that that grunge i don't care look uh, it, to be fair it did she something used to, for me she started off as a model so this is like her first breakout role so there we to go. be fair i'll go out with a model that likes rats it worth it uh okay well those those are my questions i didn't want to make it too weird but i thought it was fun cool all right so i guess we're gonna segue into the suicide squad um, do we want to do spoiler free or do you want to just go right into spoilers right away? Spoilers. Like... All right. We're... Um, I do want to talk about how this movie got made because I'm curious what you guys thoughts on that are. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like the behind the scenes. So, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. As far as spoilers, like by the time this episode comes out, the movie would have been out for almost a week and a half. So, yeah. Jared, why don't you take it away with your thoughts? I know you're about to bash uh, Disney right uh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Already. Was, yeah, so I said this in my review, so I won't go into it too, too much because I don't want to look too negative hating on Disney so much. But, like, of course, the whole reason that this thing even exists at all is because Disney fired James Gunn due to something he did a couple years ago, some tweets, which, I mean, he made a mistake with the freaking dude. The fact they fired him is insane, and I don't even think they actually cared about what he said in his tweets. He probably didn't even read his tweets. They were like, oh, he's controversial right now. And they just wrote him off. And so, of course, they rehired him. But then, like, Gon was so mad that he went right to their biggest competitor. I was like, I'll do a movie for you guys. And I just think it's so funny that this movie was born of spite. And the fact that, like, 
Warner Bros. was so happy to have him on board. They gave him complete free reign. It's kind of the, the exact opposite of the whole Snyder situation where, like, he was kind of really boxed in. He wasn't allowed to do anything. For Gunn, it was the exact opposite. He was given complete free reign to do whatever he wants on the first try, pretty much. And I think that's, I think that's hilarious, personally. And then the fact that Disney rehired him literally the day after he got hired by Warner Bros., they knew that they were in some deep shit. They were like, oh, my God, he's going to make a really, really good movie for them, and we're going to be in serious trouble. So, yeah, I think Disney should be ashamed that they fired him. I'm glad they did for because the movie was really good. And I think they learned their lesson, hopefully. But, like, just the whole situation of how this came to be, I think, is really funny. So, I think that the good thing, not only did we get an amazing movie that we all seem to enjoy, but something that I don't particularly enjoy is when a director directs a movie franchise for too long because I feel like they're not keeping their creative juices uh, flowing and open and stuff like that. So I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but the, the, the guy who directed like the last four Harry Potters and then he did the last two Fantastic Beasts and he's doing the third one. I think that David he's... Yates. What's that? David Yates. Yeah, I think that he has stayed on that franchise too long and I think that it it would have elevated the fantastic beast franchise if like other people came in and took control and had their ideas thrown around. But the, the point that I'm getting at, I'm going on a little bit of a ramble, but the point that I'm getting at is James Gunn. He did guardians one and two back to back. So he was about to do number three right after that. But I feel like him taking a break from those characters and switching his gears over to something completely different with new characters when he comes back to Guardians 3, he's going to be refreshed and he's going to have maybe even more ideas to throw at Disney for this for Guardians 3. I think you're slightly crazy when it comes to like the director like sticking to the same thing for too long because, but granted, I'm a Fast and Furious fan and the ones with Justin Lin, like he knew how to write those characters and how to have well, those characters roll off of each other. But, but that's also a, one like specific thing. Well, even Justin Lin left and came back. He had time apart. So that's exactly my point is instead of doing three movies in a row, like even Christopher Nolan, we all love the Dark Knight trilogy. He did Batman Begins and then he did something else. And then he came back and did the Dark Knight and then he did Inception. And then he came back and did the Dark Knight Rises. So instead of doing them all back to back to back, he kept his creative juices flowing by doing other stuff in between. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant like like give the next movie to someone else and then go. I thought that's what you meant. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I can see what, I can see what you're saying though. I feel like that could apply to a lot of other directors. I also think though James Gunn has a lot of creative control that a lot of other directors don't. I also think that David Yates probably doesn't have as much creative control as someone like James Gunn when you're dealing with characters that are very minor comparative in the in the marvel comics and with something like harry potter they had to, have to be like such a way because they're trying to fulfill movies and i blame more about warner brothers trying to make five movies out of fantastic beasts when it really could have just been one movie but they're trying to connect it but it, like yeah i do agree with you i think that now that james gunn did suicide squad and he took a break i feel like guardians 3 is going to be really good good but we also know that he writes and directs his movies if he was just a director and a it was a different writer i'd be a little bit more weary about it but i feel like james gunn has proven himself as a writer as well and but giving a director like full creative freedom is not always a good thing but for james gunn i feel like he earned it like when um did, did zach snyder do army of the dead yeah yeah he i had think too much he had way too much and i thought that movie is i think that movie is just terrible so well, i enjoy that movie but I'll, I'll admit he netflix could have reined him in a little bit he should have been the dp either there's a lot of there's too much like up in the air and like they just that that's that's a different story <laughs> no but i see what you're saying though about you know having that creative control and freedom and we're going to tie this into like the suicide squad like going into you know the backstory of this movie is that james gunn had complete control of the suicide squad being able to kill as many characters as he wanted or to be able to tell the story the way he wanted and you really do feel like his energy and passion truly went into the film 
And being able to have that is so good because we've seen previously like the 2017 Justice League where Warner Brothers was interfering too much or even something like the Suicide Squad of 2016. So I really love this movie more because it feels like a James Gunn movie rather than a DC movie. Well, let's go ahead and segue because we're just about at the halfway mark. So let's go ahead and segue into talking about the Suicide Squad and spoilers. I want to start off just by saying that as much as I love this movie, I woke up Monday extremely disappointed when I looked at the box office. So for our listeners that don't know, the budget of this movie was $185 million. And the box office as of today, today is Tuesday, August 10th. It has made $71.4 million. And that means that this movie is going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars for Warner Brothers. And it's a shame because he made a really good movie. It'd be different if this movie was terrible, but it wasn't. And I think, I mean, you guys can give your thoughts too. I'm curious, but I think a lot of it was the fact that it also was released on HBO Max at the same time. And a lot of people watched it at home and that kind of takes away repeat viewings of going to the theater again, because if this was not on HBO Max, I would have gone back to the theater twice again to rewatch it. So with, so I live in Florida. And oh, <laughs> so, another Florida guy. Yeah. Um, Very Floridians. It is COVID has recently Florida likes breaking records. So people are some people are like not wanting to go out again and r-rated movies in general don't always do super well in the box office that's just been a thing for a long time and anytime one does it's like hey this is huge news like joker is one of the few that did fantastic i don't know why that's unrelated um but having it on hbo max and i guarantee you their subscriptions are going up like crazy right now because the the word of this movie the current rotten tomatoes and all that is like fantastic i've seen this movie three times already i so hopefully my 15 hours a month is helping them a little bit but i think just because of the situation that we're in now with covid people when it comes to r-rated movies and not many people are going to bring their kid to see an r-rated superhero movie especially with there's some scenes in this movie that i don't think a kid should see but that's uh, that's just me yeah yeah um... You go, Sorry, go No, you go. Uh, I'll take it. We'll keep the Florida train going. Um, yeah, I think you guys are both right. Like, um, it being on HBO Max definitely hurt it a lot. And um, the R-rated thing is also a good point, too. Because, like, the highest grossing R-rated movie, I don't even think, crossed a billion dollars. What is like it, It's like it Chapter 1 or Chapter 2, isn't it? It's one of those, I think. But, yeah, so R-rated movies just aren't as strong. Um, also, because this was the sequel to Suicide Squad, I feel that kind of hurt it too. Like everyone remembers how bad that first movie was that people are like, oh, another one. And that title didn't really help either. Just the same title both with the word the in front of it. The Suicide Squad. Like I think that hurt a little bit as well. So I, I'm going to piggyback off of what you just said. We already talked about earlier. You know, I don't want to talk about John Campio, but I like his show and you guys don't. Something that he mentioned is today or yesterday. I forget but he was talking about the title on how that kind of maybe affected it. Cause people were like, Oh, suicide squad. I just saw that. It sucked. I'm not going to go see it again. He suggested, he said, maybe they should have called it like task force X or something like that. And I actually thought that was a pretty good idea. Like they should have just, they should have called it task force X. Cause in the movie they say task force X like 15 times. So I think that, I think that the title may have, disrupted some views some viewers too a friend of mine straight up did not watch it because he said i already saw that movie and i went no it just came out and he literally went like what and another friend of mine didn't even know because he doesn't watch he doesn't have anything of ads and didn't even know this movie was coming out and uh just really quick joker did break a billion dollars by the way Oh, okay. I, I was no, curious. So DC already the movie yeah. did do it. Okay, yeah. fine. The, and the one, but the one before it, or the one that was closest was Deadpool, but that was like over seven hundred yeah. million. So, Brad. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Everything you guys have said. Um, 
also the pandemic is also a really big front too. And I also think that every movie is just going to lose money at the box office at this point. I mean, you even look at like Wonder Woman 1984. I mean, that was when COVID was really bad. And I feel like that movie probably didn't do well. Maybe it depends on the streaming. But again, like, I feel like most of these movies are going to do bad. And it just sucks that, that I feel like this movie was so good. And I feel like because of the title, because of the situation going on and the R rating really affected this movie quite hard. And... I don't know, because if you think about it, though, like a lot of people would just be like, watch my watch HBO Max, right? You're just like, okay, I just want to be at home, watch. And Trace, you already said that. Like, I would have went to the theaters a couple times if it wasn't on HBO Max. And I completely get it. I actually saw it a second time at the theater because the first time I watched it was an IMAX because it was filmed with IMAX cameras. So the second time I watched it was just standard theater. Wasn't as good, but, you know, it was still a fun experience. But some people are just not that comfortable. And also people have really have no idea what's even out right now. Like my parents have no idea what movies are coming out. Like I almost just have to tell them like, oh yeah, Suicide Squad. And I show them the trailer and like, oh yeah, that looks pretty cool. So I feel like that also plays a part into it too. Like everyone knows Fast and Furious. Everyone knows Black Widow. And Quiet Place has been marketed like crazy. But it's also DC and people... Like, there's such a big fan base for DC, but think about it. I feel like the box office has kind of showed that people are more about Marvel than DC, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it was also this movie, we all ended up loving the characters, but it also had a whole bunch of characters that even me, someone that reads all the movie news, someone that reads comic books, I didn't know a lot of these characters that were in this movie. I knew some of them, but I, I didn't know... A whole lot so i think that for like the general audience if i barely knew some of the characters the general audience probably knew none of them and like when they see batman everyone knows batman when they see um who is what you said superman superman yeah when they say when a general when my grandma sees superman she knows superman but my grandma didn't know boomerang uh, or Captain Boomerang. She doesn't know who King Shark is, like stuff like that. So it's like those obscured characters maybe turn people off too, maybe. A hundred percent. Well, I mean, there were a lot of really good characters in the movie, though, including ones that I also had never heard of. So, like, Anthony, who was your favorite character in the movie? It is a hundred percent Ratcatcher. Like, she basically pulled you in going like, hey, this, I, I care about this damn rat. And I, they, yeah, he, he was, she was quickly like became one of my favorites. Like I knew none of these characters outside of like Harley Quinn, Boomerang, because I saw him in Suicide Squad. And other than that, like, I, I knew nothing. Weasel was, well, Weasel's also like my second favorite because what the hell? It's like, hey, was this a dog? Like, they didn't, they're like, no, it's a weasel, it's harmless. <laughs> Well, actually, no, I killed 27 children, but it's fine. Like, Weasel, Weasel and Ratcatcher, like, and again, there's, and also, I'm a quick aside note, I don't like John Cena that much. He played that role fantastic as Peacemaker, and also, I he is catching up to the rock in size, by the way. Like, he's, dude, dude's getting big. Why the fuck are you in your underwear? <laughs> I love that scene. Whitey tidies? That's racist. Yeah. It's, especially with all the stuff that came out about him and like he and on top of that, he's just going like, I will do anything. I don't care. He's like, um, I don't know. Uh, do you guys be vulgar on this? Yeah, I mean, I just said fuck. So okay. Um <laughs> the whole thing where he's going like, he's like. It's like go suck a dick. It's like if there's a whole bunch of dicks on this beach, I'll suck every single one of them. <laughs> no and problem. Yeah, and every time I'm going like, and then Ratcatcher just goes like, why would there be penises on the beach? <laughs> and so it's this movie is so well written, and it every character fills their role all the way. Brad, yeah, oh, I was gonna say, what was your favorite character? So I'm gonna agree with Anthony here. Um, Obviously, Weasel is my favorite character. Every scene he was in was amazing. Um, I definitely cheered. I was the only one cheering at the end when Weasel woke up and everyone laughed at me because I was legitimately so happy. I'm like, Weasel's alive. I fucking knew it. I knew he was going to be back. 
But if we're talking about best written character, I feel like I have to go with Ratcatcher. I agree with the same things you do. I almost put um, uh, Peacemaker because I really enjoy the character a lot. And he's just kind of like a stupid character. And they James Gunn really made that character so damn interesting, especially what they do towards the end of the film when he has that little secret backup mission that he gets from Amanda Waller. But I think Ratcatcher is kind of the heart and soul of this movie. I think he's the best balanced character. And also, quick, very quick side note: Amanda Waller, the one that like started this whole thing, that actress can keep a stone face and be like insane without cracking any hint of emotion. And I, she deserves Viola something David. for that. David. Yeah, she she deserves something because, and like when um, uh, Idris Elba when he threatened everything like that, her thing with yelling at everyone, I'm like she's just she's stone cold. She's the real villain of the movie, essentially, yeah. which I really liked. Yeah. Uh, Jared? I Well, Ratcatcher was really good, too. Like, she's definitely the heart of the movie, I felt, with, like, her backstory. And she was definitely the most wholesome character in the group. Uh, but my personal favorite, I think, has to be Peacemaker. Like, he was just so funny, that just how over-the-top he was. Like, he was, like, Captain America. Captain America was a nut job, okay? Like... <laughs> His whole like everything about him was so funny. He had a lot of the really a lot of the really funny lines and everything. And I like the fact that he was kind of like a traitor at the end there. And there was like some good because the movie was kind of emotional too, which is something I liked about yeah. it as well. Like the whole the kind of like camaraderie and like you know the whole like the whole thing where they're talking about how messed up the mission is and peacemakers kind of going along with it. It's just like look, this is messed up, guys. Like come on. So I felt that gave him some emotional depth and whatnot. So, yeah, and he's getting his own TV show now, too, which I'm actually pretty excited for. Really? So, yeah, January. It's got to be a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Comes Did out in January. That. And James Gunn's doing it, too. That's good. Yeah, I think he's writing all the episodes. Yeah, he directed, I think, the first one or two episodes of it to, like, set the tone. Trace, what was your favorite? So, I think all across the board, Ratcatcher 2 is the heart and soul of the movie. She's the best written character but other than that, my favorite character, you know, Brad had the weasel, you had Peacemaker. I loved Polka Dot Man. Yeah. <laughs> I really did. So I loved him so much that when I came home Thursday night from the movie theater, obviously for people watching the video, this is not my usual background. But in my background of all my videos, I have a whole bunch of pops and stuff like that. I went and I checked to see if there was any Suicide Squad pops that I didn't know about, and there was, and I ordered the Polka Dot Man one. <laughs> I also did the Harley Quinn one, but but yeah, my the Polka Dot Man was the first thing that came to my head. I was like, I got to have him as a pop. Like I loved him so much. He was awesome. The running joke of his mom throughout the movie was hilarious. <laughs> like that, the I just want to very quickly mention like every time there are a few times I show like the mother yeah um Sebastian the rat that's on Ratcatcher's shoulder had glasses on to look like the mother right. and right. I didn't notice that until the second time I watched it because I went like oh look at all of them and then like even like King Shark and everything and I saw Sebastian she just had little glasses just looking up like this oh I didn't yeah, that was that. that was a really good little detail but yeah so I loved Polka Dot Man. And it was kind of funny because James Gunn said in an interview leading up to the movie that the premise of Polka Dot Man came from, he went online and said, what is the dumbest DC superhero there is? And Polka Dot Man came up. And uh, so, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting afterwards. But let's go ahead and transition into maybe our favorite scenes. But I think my favorite scene would have to be the part where they're going through the the camp in the beginning like toward the beginning and they're killing everyone and after watching the second time going like you know they're not really fighting back they're just kind of like they're having coffee they're cleaning clothes and everything i'm like i didn't catch me until the second time going like you know what they're just they're just kind of hanging out one dude just walking he just opens the thing of some coffees things hanging out just going like oh that's a good little morning and nice and like that that was really well like all them fighting and everything but the, the, my favorite part in the entire thing was when the leader of the people going against them was just staring off while the main the other guy was talking to her and just goes, is that rat waving at me? <laughs> and she literally stared for at least 15, 20 seconds and, and t- says it. He just turns around and goes, yeah, it appears so. <laughs> like that, that, was, that was 
up there for like my favorite in that entire movie. I'd when say you make an ass out of you and me, and that that's a bit of an understatement in this case. But that was my favorite scene as well. Just throwing throwing that out there. Um, I would say my favorite scene. Uh, I already just forgot what my favorite scene was. Oh yeah, my favorite scene is when Peacemaker and Rick Flag go at it, and it was very brutal. That whole fight was so damn intense, and the way that he just puts that knife into him and you like kind of like sees like the like the inner like heart and it's just like bleeding out it was so brutal and then looks over at rat catcher too and she just sees like the horrid in this man and he's just doing whatever it takes i didn't expect that because most of this movie is pretty much fun or just over stylized violence but this felt like very real and I was just not expecting that. I also want to throw out, um, did anyone else think that Pete Davidson was going to be the first one to die? Because I assumed that from the beginning. He was in, like, everything i seen leading up to this movie was Pete Davidson. Like, for some reason, that was the thing I always saw ahead of time when, like, you know, I haven't really seen him in anything. It would be cool to actually see him in a movie. Gets up walks on the beach and we're like, hey, everyone, and then his face is gone. Like, that was 100% unexpected for me. Well, Brad, actually, in, in the very first episode of Only Film Fans, we talked about the fact that Jai, I thought that Jai Courtney was going to be the first to go. I think you either agreed or thought he was going to be one of the first. But yeah, Jai Courtney did die very, very early. Just Like, I like, thought like right after? I thought that like the plane was going to crash. But, I mean, ultimately, they all ended up dying. But <laughs> as far as my favorite scene... Uh, I would have to agree with the jungle scene of John Cena and Idris Elba just going back and forth with how great their kills are for each other. And yeah, you know, it had comedic moments and it definitely had like, oh crap moments. And yeah, that jungle scene was just great. The only reason I watched it for a third time today, I was actually watching it while I was working, was because I was thinking of that jungle scene. And the jungle scene is pretty early on in the movie. And then after that scene came and went, I just left. I just left it on and just kept watching the rest of the movie. I, I kind of wish the deaths were a little bit more spread out than they were, because they said beforehand that the movie was going to really kill a lot of people, which they did. But it was yeah. mostly at the beginning and then like at the end. And a lot of those characters that die at the beginning, I would have liked to have seen more of, including Weasel. Of course, when he's still alive, we didn't know that until the very end. So even Captain Boomerang, I don't really like Jai Courtney, but I would like to have seen a little bit more of him, but they all died so fast, and there was this whole other team who got extremely lucky, apparently. And they were all great, but, like, I don't know. Like, they kind of set that up at the beginning for those characters, and they all died, like, so soon. Plus, they also picked picked really stupid ones, like the guy that detaches his body parts. Like, that was one of the... That's a dumb move to be able to have like he polka dot man is pretty dumb man <laughs> he can he he as soon as it hits them it burns a hole through them like that that's a, that's an awesome power and then you have the girl that took down a helicopter just by touching it basically so she must weigh a lot i'm just saying like she that thing was just going like oh there's someone hanging on we're gonna fly around in circles and kill half the squad here like her death was to the there's that the um the the spear guy he's kind of just there <laughs> and the whole like running joke in the movie is just her going like what do i even do with this and like that there's some weird stuff with that tracy you got any more uh we kind of we kind of got off topic i don't really know what we're talking about are we talking about favorite scenes still or nitpicks or both i guess like like criticisms yeah criticisms okay so the only one that i really had and i i didn't notice it the first time i was watching it in the theater i was just kind of like super invested but watching it a second time, that's when I noticed it. And it was, I love Harley Quinn, but it was like that day date that her and the president do. And like, it was great when she killed him and it was funny and unexpected. But like, it was like a solid, like three or four minutes where I'm kind of just like, all right, let's move along. Like, let's get back to the team. And I feel like if James Gunn needed to separate her from the team and then have her come back with the team there was like a couple other ways that they could have done that maybe it would have been more interesting but the side story of like the president and what he wants to do to like take over like i don't really know if that was all that important in the overall story but yeah i mean i like harley quinn but i think that her being separated from the suicide squad for the time that she was was kind of unnecessary 
Now her doing her breakout scene and you know uh, escaping that was a great scene, but the day date scene is probably like my only nitpick. But if that's my only nitpick, it's still a really good movie because that's like a very minor thing. What do you guys think of the main actual villain of the giant starfish? Greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like a giant starfish from space taking people over is amazing for sure. Yeah, I thought I thought it was uh, very interesting, and I thought it was definitely better than doing a beam in the sky, like you know, Suicide Squad twenty sixteen was trying to do. And I thought it was just so damn weird that they built to this whole thing, and then that's what it was. I do feel like that I wanted maybe a little bit more of the starfish because I thought it was really funny. I just felt like the villains, like the ones that are supposed to be the main villains, they're really not that interesting. Like the thinker, like they don't really explain the character at all. They're just like, oh, yeah, like it's just into the whole starfish thing and has this weird relationship with it and found it for 30 years ago. I thought that whole storyline just wasn't interesting at all. Um, and going back to some of the negatives, when I watched it the second time, I, I know this is going to shock a lot of people, but I feel like the scene when they're in the club was really unnecessary. It's only a plot device just to get the thinker. And I, I didn't get why they had to get him in there. Like, I know it was just like a whole bonding moment, but it really goes by so quick, like on the second rewatch. And I was just like, the scene is just so unnecessary. And and they don't really bond. They kind of just have some drinks and they dance around. And the amazing polka dot scene where he's dancing with all the like people that looked at his mom that was hilarious. But everything else like kind of just goes away. And I thought that was unnecessary. Um, I do agree that that day date was a lot slower that second time around. It was not as interesting. It was still funny when she shot him and it's just you know giving this insane plea of why she killed him. I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, I didn't love the movie as much the second time around, but I still thought it was a great movie. So going back to that bar scene, I, I kind of disagree with that because like that was like the main goal, like getting to the island and going to that bar specifically. Like that was set up since the beginning. Like, hey, we have to go here. This is he frequents this place. This is the only place we know that we can find him. So they're like, well, we got to hang out here until we see him. And they were bonding like on the drive over there. They're doing all this stuff. Like it was they were just basically continuing the bond. So it wasn't like one little section of hey we're dancing having a good time and all this stuff i mean the the damn rat the rat had a drink as well like it's they're all having a good time and poor king shark had to hang out in the car because he's a giant <laughs> shark and there's also milton that half of them forgot we're even there i he, he's even like oh when they're walking in the rain he's just in the side going like you can barely see him on the side walking with all of them and then they just go like who the hell's milton so lean by going, oh yeah that's him like he like as unnecessary characters he's kind of one of them and then but i will agree with you saying like how the other villains are not they're kind of weak the thinker is just kind of ridiculous like he the whole thing with him and the starfish like he has his way with that i don't understand what the hell that means because it's a giant starfish I'm, i might just be looking too much into that there's the one the girl that the general the main leader that harley quinn shot he's in it for like two scenes and then the general who's basically a drunk so they're like those secondary villains compared to the starfish is like they're kind of just there well going back to the starfish um i absolutely i loved it you know you're either you're either all invested in the wackiness and bonkersness or you just don't get it and i was completely invested something about the starfish that i didn't notice in the theater and I don't know if it was the people around me talking or maybe the audio. I just wasn't able to hear it, but I noticed it when I was watching at home. And right before Starro dies, he uses one of the people that he has on their face. And he says, you know, I was happy just looking at the stars by myself. And I kind of felt like kind of bad for him because like, yeah, he destroyed the city. But at the same time, like he didn't ask to be taken away from space and that was something that i didn't notice the first time was was starro saying that so yeah i kind of felt bad for him for a second because it's like damn like we took you from space and you were just like kind of doing your thing out there and you didn't ask to come to earth yeah i was just enjoying his time and then like some people started taking pictures with it and goes like all right i'm just gonna start killing people 
Exactly. And then, uh, it, but it makes sense. So, like it was, it wasn't a real ending event. It was a city. Like I specifically said, this city is mine. I didn't say like I'm just gonna go attack, yeah. tackle the road. And it specifically just went like I've been here for 30 years. This is my revenge. They didn't really need to stop it, but I mean, there's a lot of innocent people there that had no idea. So it's, it's a well, it's a well done villain. Damn, I feel kind of bad now too. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. It's yeah, a that was villain. Okay, and like you feel sympathetic for a damn fish, like a starfish, and just going like, "Hey, I just, I want to just hang out by myself, just looking around, just like, oh look at these stars. Oh, that one's blinking a little bit. Like it's, and it, by himself for who knows how long, because that thing could have been floating there for centuries. That poor starfish. <laughs> now it's dead. Well, we could probably talk about Suicide Squad for a whole nother hour, but we do have to wrap up. Last week, I had a movie recommendation. If we just want to give like our quick, like one minute thoughts about it, we can. And then Jared has a recommendation for this coming week. The movie I recommended was Will Ferrell and Woody Harrelson in Semi-Pro. I said last week, I already loved the movie. Uh, what, do you, what did you guys think about it? Um, one of the things that was very interesting with this movie was that um, I'm a big basketball fan. So like the NBA and the ABA stuff was really cool. I actually thought the cinematography was quite nice. It, it looked like an older movie. It had some nice colors, has a good costume design. But I tell you what, I really did not like this movie at all. I, I thought it was completely unfunny. Um, I thought Will Ferrell was the worst part. I felt like all the scenes without him were much better with Woody Harrelson. I even thought uh, Andre 3000 from Outcast was much better than Will Ferrell. And I don't know if it's just because of the writing itself, but I found just most of the jokes completely flat. This all this movie also has some of the most ridiculous sexist jokes I have heard in a movie that were just so unfunny. And the punchline was just being sexist. It was nothing else to it. And I was just like, wow, what a time this movie was, I guess, in 2008, 2009. I, I was kind of baffled of how sexist this movie was. And like, I get, I know it's trying to like go for that like old, like 1960s, 1970s vibe, but it didn't, I don't know. I, I don't, I was really not vibing with this movie and the basketball scenes were quite ass too. So four out of 10 for me. Well, let's move into Jared's movie recommendation. Jared, you have one for us this week, right? I do. I'm such a huge dummy, yo, because I have like my next couple ones planned out. I was going to go with something completely different, but one of my other ones for the future is actually a DC movie. I didn't even think about that until literally when we got started. I was like, hey, this is DC. We should talk about the DC one. So my underrated DC movie that I'm picking is Watchmen from 2009. Now, Watchmen is a movie that, honestly, I don't hear a lot of people talk about. That's part, one of the reasons I'm mentioning it. And I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite superhero movies. Um, it's also one of the most violent ones I've ever seen. And the violence in that movie is also a little bit more, like Suicide Squad is a little more fun. This one's actually a little bit more unsettling, which I feel kind of works for this. And it kind of stands out because not a lot of superhero movies are like that. And yeah, I think it's a great movie. It's got a really interesting concept about how it's like 1985, where it's like an alternate version of it, where history is different and everything. You have like this like little group of heroes that were a team at one point, now they're broken up. They're all very, very different. There's like a really cool mystery as to what's actually going on with here, with like this whole conspiracy going on and everything. Um, the ending is insane. Like that ending really floored me. Like a couple things about it, but that ending is just nuts if you haven't seen it. It's a really, really interesting ending from like a moral standpoint, even just like a shock standpoint from what actually happens. And the acting, like, Jack Earl Haley plays Rorschach, who's, like, the main character, who Rorschach kind of makes Batman look like a bitch. I'm not going to lie. Like, he's an extremely badass character. And Jack Earl Haley, I honestly think, was Oscar-worthy in that movie. And, of course, he didn't get any attention, but he gives a really, really good performance. And Rorschach's a great, very underrated character. So, for my pick, I'm definitely, I definitely have to go with Watchmen. I'm, I'm really excited to hear you guys talk about that next week, because a friend of mine made me watch that, like, a year or two ago. And after watching him, like, yeah, I, I'm gonna watch it again just to hear you guys what you guys think about it, especially since that um, that series is coming soon. So that'll be actually really cool to see oh, that. Oh, it's already out. 
It came out a couple years ago, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, well. Missed the mark on that one, pal. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> before we, before uh, Anthony finds out what version we're going to watch, uh, we're going to end the podcast. And I am Brad from Let's Be Real Brad. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Um, I am Anthony. I'm with Anthony's Gaming, mostly with games, a little bit of movies here and there. My next series is going to be on Metal Gear Solid. So if you like games, like Metal Gear Solid, that's going to be coming out soon. So um, I'm Jared, Jared Talk Cinema. I mostly do movie reviews. Um, my Facebook and Instagram is also Jared Talk Cinema. You can find me on there. I'm also on Twitter. Twitter's a little bit different because Jared Talk Cinema is one letter too long for a Twitter handle. So I'm working on changing it. But right now, it, my Twitter is at Hot Sauce Hour Ago, which is a line from Tenet, if you guys saw that. And I am Trace. I'm from Pierce Productions on YouTube. And the Only Film Fans podcast you can find every Sunday on all podcast platforms, along with the video version up on YouTube. Anthony from Anthony Gaming, thank you so much for being our first guest on the podcast. And I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think I can right now where I hope that we have you again on in the future.